0: Welcome to the NCO Journal's Sergeant's Time podcast, a new series featuring informal conversations with leaders at all levels, where you have the unique chance to learn what makes them tick, what their leadership styles are, and what inspires them. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Equite, NCOIC of the NCO Journal, and Command Sergeant Major Jason Porras, Army University CSM. Today, we welcome Sergeant First Class Shane Burroughs to our podcast. Sergeant Burroughs, a native of Spring Lake, North Carolina, joined the Army in 2006 as a unit supply specialist. He currently serves as a recruiter with the St. Thomas Recruiting Station in the U.S. Virgin Islands and was recently selected as a 2023 Regular Army Recruiter of the Year. When I was uh, doing a little background read on you and uh, kind of learning a little bit more about you, I, I, I saw that you're from Spring Lake, uh, North Carolina, but originally from Trinidad. Is that correct? Is that, are you from Trinidad?
1: Yes, so I was born and raised in um, Trinidad, Tobago, Grande. Um, And it's like, you know, a Caribbean environment. It's, just, uh, it's a very different way of life, you know, compared to like what we have now, uh, as far as like the majority of the state. So it's, you know, traditional island life, you know, climbing coconut trees, uh, dealing with like loss of power, uh, and, you know, just having like limited resources and, and kind of making life work. Um, so, and then, you know, if, if, if essentially, transitioning into spring lake north carolina um as i grew
0: up how old were you when you came to the states i
1: started started traveling back and forth when i was five um I believe by the time i moved over here for good it was about nine years
0: old and, and what was it like growing up in spring lake it's it, it's right outside what what uh what base is it fort, fort liberty. liberty fort yeah. liberty how, how what was it like growing up there
1: uh it was it was very it was different um, it initially it was like a culture shop. So, you know, I come from traditional island lifestyle to, to now being like a, around of a lot of like military community. And we live next to uh Pope Air Force base. So like at, you know, I say at least two times within an hour, you just see like C-130s just flying over like the house. And, and that was like very different. But, um, overall it was, you know, you could tell like that community was like very, you know, I I like had a strong military pride. Um, So, you know, it kind of like, allowed me to like, just kind of fit in and then kind of change my upbringing uh, for a more positive way. But overall it was, it was a good environment growing up. So do you think that had an influence with you joining the Army Sergeant Burroughs? I do. So my stepfather was a SAR major uh, at the 18th Airborne Corps. And, you know, like, you know, living with the SAR major. But the thing is, is not knowing what a SAR major was, or, you know, when I was younger, and probably standing at parade rest not knowing that it was parade rest <laughs> um you know definitely kind of instilled like a sense of like discipline within me um uh, and definitely influenced me to like join the army because you know I would see you know my, my stepfather's accomplishments and I'll see like my parents pictures in different duty stations and you know when I graduated I was like you know how do I get to these places so I definitely think that you know, I, the first thing that came to my mom was like, you know what, maybe I should join the
0: military and follow in their footsteps. Let's switch it up a little bit. What What is it that inspires you?
1: Uh, i say three driving things. So for me, my parents. Uh, my parents are like my number one source of of inspiration. I looked at, you know, the, the path and, and the things that they had to do, like the challenges that they o- had to overcome, uh, especially, you know, like, you know, moving from uh, the States when they moved and, you know, still being able to establish themselves as adults and then provide for me as their child. Um, definitely. My, my parents is, is, is one, like my, my, my main source of inspiration. However, and then also looking at the the achievement of my peers, you know, I know they say like, you know, you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone, but for me, like I'm motivated to see my peers doing well. So it also kind of puts like a sense of drive in me to, to get after it. Cause I feel like you know it's not necessarily about keeping up, uh, but it's just uh, about the fact that, you know, if you're around a group of winners, you know, you kind of also feel inclined to like want to win as well or want to succeed as well. And now currently uh, being a recruiter, uh, for, me, for me now, it's my future soldiers. So, you know, my future soldiers, like all of them are go-getters. So I see all the different things in the family, you know, backgrounds that they come from and, and how they, you know, want to inspire different goals in the military. So they they continuously like... You know, I see like the younger version of myself and I'm like, you know what? You know, it's it's like inspiration every single day over and over.
2: I obviously, we're, we're Facebook friends and you worked for me in the past. And uh, I follow both of your Facebook pages, but primarily your, is it Army Recruiter Burroughs or uh, whatever it is. One thing I notice is everybody that you put in, not everybody, but I'd say a, a large population of soldiers that you put in from the Virgin Islands, uh, you do a good job of following up on them when they come back after basic training and you you have them in their uniform standing amongst other people. Uh, is that something they all volunteer to do to come back or what's that dynamic like?
1: So, you know, initially it was something that I was like, OK, let me let me find a way to to highlight the military on like on a positive note while still highlighting the individual. And, you know, at the same time, like paying, you know, honor to that family. So I was like, hey, look, if you're ever back in the area, yes, I need you all to bring your uniform so I can you know, proudly take it to all the places that you used to be a part of and tell, you know, what is now your army story. And then it 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 kind of went, it kind of, I guess you could say it, it uh, quote unquote, went viral. And now everybody's like, you know, whether they're my soldiers or not, they hit me up and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm coming back to the Virgin Islands. Like, uh, do you have anything that you want me to be a part of or, you know, would like to do? And I'm like, yeah, look, let, like, let's get it. Let's get out there in the community. Let's interact, let's go to the schools. Uh, let's do different things. And so, you know, now it's like, it's like a thing. They know that when they're back in the area, you know, we're we're going to meet up and we're going to get involved during the time that they're here.
2: What is it like to be a part of that community? Because it seems like they've welcomed you with open arms, uh, uh, based off of how you've been there. What is, what is that community like? What's their perception of the United States military and army specifically?
1: So this, like being here is, uh, I'll say one of the army's most unique, uh, recruiting experiences. Like, you know, stateside is is very different. Uh, but you're you talking about a small, you know, very small like area where everyone kinda knows everyone. So it's, essentially it's like it's it's very family oriented. Um, so you know, for me, you know, coming in and, and being a part of community you know telling my army story and it's like, hey, you know, I'm also from the islands. Um, they, they welcomed me. Um and they you know it was it was like sense of like being part of the family. But overall it's it's a very small dinner. Every everyone supports each other. Uh everyone is, you know, you know, highlighting each other's accomplishments, uh, day-to-day activity. Like there's not a place where you can go uh and you can't run into somebody that either you saw on Facebook or you saw, on, you know, some type of social media post or anything happens and somebody doesn't know about it. So you know, overall, it's it's just a it's a unique way of life uh, down here because you know you won't get that state side where everybody's kind of spread out. But you know, overall, it's very family oriented down here at St. Thomas.
0: It sounds like uh, pride is a like a recurring theme, a family, a sense of belonging is, is something that's uh, comes naturally down there. Um, but what are some of your challenges that you face down there?
1: Uh the challenges would definitely have to be. You know, the thing is, is I, I would say to a point, uh, everyone, you know, there's a there's a high percentage of the population that that's interested in military service. Uh, the challenges as a recruiter that that I find is, is that, you know, just, you know, common things that, you know, OK, cool. Somebody may not have the highest aptitude in order to, to pass and join. So it's like, you know, I have to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I give 110 percent for anybody that I work with. I don't quit on anyone. Um, And they'll tell you like, they'll be like, man, you never give up. I'm like, I'm like, no, you say you want my help. I'm going to give you my help. And if you feel like too much of my help is my help, then that's what I'm going to give you because I'm not going to give you halfway help. Um, So, you know, so for me, it's it's about, you know, definitely putting the the time and it's not a challenge per se, but, you know, it is it is about me uh, dedicating my time to make sure that that person can is able to to be able to pass the ASVAB, to to be able to make sure that you know they go through the medical process um, and essentially enlist. So it's it's a it's a tedious process, not necessarily a challenge. Uh, but I'll say that maybe you know other branches may not be up for that, or maybe another recruiter may not be up for that. But that's for me. That's that's how I like to operate.
2: So it's more than just screening them and saying you don't meet the entrance requirements. When you find out what that obstacle is you sit down with that, uh, potential future soldier and you come up with a plan on how they can meet those entrance requirements and, uh, stick with them until they're, they're accepted is what it sounds like. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, that's, that's very accurate because I've had, I've
1: had applicants where, you know, some applicants you meet them, they walk in and you know, they're ready to go. Like they have no issues and it could be like, you know, within a two to three week period that they pass the test next, you know, they go down, they, they do the physical and then they enlist. And I've had you know, some that have uh, you know life challenges and different things going on, and it takes them months. Or I I think the longest person that I've that I've worked with probably took that person about a year. But you know, even within that year, I I don't give up on on anyone. Like if it takes me following up with that person every single month or multiple times, you know, throughout the month, that's that's what I do to make it happen. So I, you know, my thing is everybody. I want to see everybody succeed.
0: This attitude of never giving up, not quitting, um, overcoming obstacles. When when did you first notice that that in you, um, and maybe w- was there any somebody that influenced that in your life?
1: Uh, I would say that that probably was you know instilled within me with definitely uh, some of my my mentors throughout throughout my career, and I, I've had um, a lot of mentors. Uh, Saw so Major Porter being one of them, um, but you know I ha- like I'll, I'll reference three three mentors specifically. Uh, and then it's, it's it's in reference of like the comfort zone or those people not giving up on me. Right. So when I joined the army, I had, I was a private and I had um, a battalion S4 NCO. He was 40 years old. At the time I was 21 years old. He was very in shape and he run a, he ran a 12 minute two mile and he used to take us on these, these uh morning runs for PT. And he had, you know, he had a thing that if, that if um, if anybody fell out of the run or fell behind him, he would take us to the gym, he would put everybody on the treadmill, he'll stand right beside you and push the buttons until you went faster um so you know the fact that you know when i you know at you know at that point him not giving up on us um kind of you know kind of instilled it in my mind and now, you know fast forwarding to to where I met you know Sergeant major reports you know I would say when I was working with Sergeant major reports right i i me personally I feel like I'm a very uh, introverted person. Um, but I've always been into like working out physical fitness and I think somewhere along the line, you know, Sergeant Major Porce got like a caught wind of that. He's like, Hey, look, I want him to be like the remedial PTNCO, you know, for the battalion. And this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, God, it's Sergeant Major. You know? So I, you know, I, th- I feel like the fact that he saw something in me that maybe I didn't see myself to impact on a larger scale and not giving up on me definitely helped me, um, kind of get out of my comfort zone. Cause I have to say there's no progress in the comfort zone um, and able to push me to, to becoming who I am today.
0: So, and then, you
1: know, shout out to the Sergeant Major. I appreciate you.
0: No, I appreciate you, Sergeant Burroughs. It's funny you, you, you talk about being introverted. I, I was a recruiter myself, by the way, from, from, uh, t- nine, 1999 to 2002 I was out there beating the streets back during, um, uh, during nine eleven, and, uh, during nine eleven, actually, I was at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School recruiting kids, talking to kids uh, at the school at that time. Uh, but anyway, it, it it I was a I was an introvert before I became a recruiter, and then after I left recruiting duty, it, it, I, I was an extrovert. You know, it's, it was one of these things that you this kind of career, this kind of job, uh, changes you. You know, what kind of changes have you seen in yourself? You know, since since uh, you became a recruiter,
1: uh, I'll definitely say I'm more of a. More of a people person. Uh, at some points, I'm still introverted, but you know, things I've I've always like big on like uh, been big on like volunteer service. Even though I became a recruiter, even before I became a recruiter, um, but I feel like you know now it's like you know being uh being able to you know obviously be a recruiter and being involved with the community. I find myself doing like more volunteer service. It's because not only do I want to like you know contribute my time to the community, but I also want to be like a positive like role model to to the young males and females that, that are interested in joining. So uh, that's one of the things that I saw that that changed within me. I'm more uh, more vocal, more social, um, definitely more receptive to to understand that not everybody's the same, because like I said, everybody has a, a different uh, story as to why they're joining and that process of to get them to join. So to being able to think outside of the box and find new ways, to, to, to cater to that individual, you know, so my, my thought process is definitely broadened, um, as well.
0: You know, your, your involvement with the community, it, it goes hand in hand with recruiting. And I think having that, uh, that tie, that's not just something that you do because you because you have to because you're a recruiter and you want to be involved but because you honestly would like to like to be a a part like to be a volunteer and help and you've been doing it before even uh, uh going out there on recruiting duty i think it, it all ties together you know i think uh being uh being uh, uh out there and and having people see you see you uh, be uh, honest and 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 do all these positive things it all leads to probably. I would say it probably leads to your success as a recruiter, because people see you, and they, I want my kid to be like that. If you know, parents see see you doing things that you know out there for the community, they look at you and they say, "I want my kids to be a part of that, to be somebody like that." So you're you're much. They're much more likely to to kind of to push their kids to to do something that uh, that that matches you know somebody that they're. Uh, that they respect. So I just, I'm just throwing that out there. I think uh, you're in a unique opportunity and in a, u- a unique place where it's a small community, where it's not, you're, you're like you said, it's not a big, you don't have a lot of windshield time going to, to going to take, you know, going to see somebody or going to interview somebody. Uh, you're, you're all right there close by. And it's, it's, uh, it's got a, it's a unique opportunity, I would say.
1: And the, and you know, the the thing with that is, is, um, you know, you, you mentioned like um, someone being like a role model, right? So for me, um you know like okay so one you know being in the military obviously you know being an nco and being a professional uh i i like to you know throughout my years i like to like embody the total soldier concept so obviously you know you take the total soldier concept will be like you know in an operational unit per se and then you go uh into like the world of recruiting it's so, okay how are you going to present yourself as you know this well-rounded army individual To inspire somebody else, Um, you know. Although I may not have kids of my own, uh, I I work with a lot of parents, and you know, one of the things I have to to always remind myself, I was like, you know, I I make it a point that wherever I go, whatever it is I'm doing, especially like when I'm in a school involved with, uh, you know, kids who 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 I've never met before, I'm like, I make it a point to be like, okay, I want to be the recruiter that if I had a kid, that I want my kid to 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 be around this positive individual, right? And, you know, when nobody's around, per se, because, you know, I don't want to go in there and it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of doing whatever. Like, no, you got to be a, a positive role model. You got to be a professional. You got to be on point. You, you still got to represent the army at the end of the day. So for me, that whole thing just kind of, like, comes down to being, like, that total soldier concept.
2: Burroughs, let me change it just slightly, so uh, you, you mentioned having an impact on these uh, young future soldiers, which is obviously going to help uh, the army in years to come with our you know lethality and being able to train soldiers and uh, defend the United States of America. Um, my question is i think I think what you do you, you inspire deeper than that, obviously being recruiter of the year. Um, my question is, how can you inspire other recruiters The army currently has a uh, uh, recruiting Issue, we're not able to meet our mission, and from what I understand, you just uh, put in your packet to reclassify from supply specialist to become a, a recruiter, and you're going to go to the station commander corps. So you uh, you volunteered to sign up for a very difficult job during a very difficult time. Um, and you think you can, you can make a dis- difference even when you depart Virgin Islands and go to your next, uh, duty station as a station commander, uh, how do you inspire those, uh, future recruiters who maybe are coming out there as DA selects, or, uh, maybe they, they're inspired to put in a reclassification packet. How do you, how do you impact that audience? You know, I would definitely start say um, you know, obviously it, it kind of goes with, you know, like a
1: little bit of advice per se. Um, so, you know to yes, to inspire them, but to, to also kind of like just give them advice and say like, hey, this is the environment that you're coming into. These are, you know, this is our current situation as far as like, you know, the importance of our job. Um, and just to just to kind of remember, like, hey, look, you know, you're you have a very significant role within the army right now, and obviously within your immediate organization. Some of my, some of my inspiration slash advice would be, hey, one, uh, leave your office, right? Uh, you know, being the face of the Army, like to, to, to get out there and interact, one, you have to leave the office uh, at some point. I feel like I spend probably 80 to 80 percent of my time outside of the office. Uh, the Other thing, too, is, is to definitely like tap into your network, uh, tap into the colleges, the ROTC, uh, the community programs, uh, be a part of the community and, uh, you know, overall. And my thing is, it's like have a presence, but also be present. And you know, I'll repeat that again. Have a presence, but also be present. Um, so you know, it's one thing for somebody to know who you are, and then it's another thing for them to be like, "Hey, I see this person every day." Or well, I, I know what this person looks like. Or well, I can go interact with this person. Um, and you know, the next thing is, is it's kind of like you know, make sure that we're 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 reaching out, we're networking in all different areas. So you know, like social media, we talked about that. Making sure that the social media presence is. Uh, it's very, very strong and, and just making sure that, you know, everybody within the community, uh, knows like, you know, who we are and what we represent overall.
0: Why is it that you were selected as a recruiter of the, of the year for the army?
1: No, it was a very, um, it was a very detailed process. So, you know, some people, some people, if you did, if you didn't, if for, that's a very good question, I'm glad that you asked. Right. So, cause you know, some people may think like, oh, they just put in the most amount of people. Like, no, definitely not. Um, so I did put in this past year, I enlisted uh 26 uh future soldiers. And now that now the weight of the 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 criteria to, to be NCO of the year. So since I'm an active duty recruiter, 50% of the amount of people that I enlisted had to be active as well. So that's like my entry level into even being considered. So 26 of those people, well at least 13 of them, um, were active. Oh, sorry, yeah, we're active duty. And then the next thing is is uh being able to compete at a board from the battalion to the brigade and then making it to user X. So there was initially like a battalion quarter board, which advanced to a brigade quarter board, a brigade annual, and then making it to user X. So there was there was a lot of pressure. Um, you know, I competed uh, against a lot of great NCOs, which really kept me on my toes. But you know, overall, it's, it was a very unique experience, but that's, that's the process
2: overall. So when you're interacting and competing against those fellow recruiters, um, from all over the country, I'm sure you guys all shared stories and, uh, you know, the, the challenges at different locations because, uh, duty location can matter. If you're in the Midwest, uh, some of those guys don't have the tight knit community that you have where you can go out and, you know, engage, you know, a large population right there. They're in a, they're in a government vehicle driving two to three hours to interview with one family, and then they're driving back across for, to do the same thing. And then there's other places where, you know, the, the average uh, income, median income for a family, such as, you know, uh, California or, or something like that, they make a lot more money than the, the Army's competitive entry pay. Um, what did they share with you as far as their experiences and challenges and what's kind of uh, uh, unique to a specific location and what's common to all? So, yeah, some of the challenges, I, th- I say the challenges are going to be the
1: same across the board uh, is, you know, you, you're trying to find that that qualified applicant, uh, the one who's able to pass the, uh, the ASVAB with, you know, high, have a high aptitude in general, being able to get through the medical process um, and then, you know, essentially enlisting. So that that's a, a common challenge that I feel like recruiters across the U.S. Uh, share. Um, so, you know, th- and then we look at, okay, well, like, you know, what is working in one area, uh, versus what's, w- what's not working in one area. And I'll say, you know, for, for me, you know, down here where I'm in a smaller area and I'm able to do like a lot of community activities for, for other people who are not being able to like, you know, drive 10, 10 minutes to, to, you know, towards their audience, I feel like social media is a big thing. They're able to reach out to people on a larger scale and connect with personal, you know, either halfway across the state, halfway across the county, country, uh, whatever it may be. Um, so those things definitely kind of bring us in. And, you know, overall, we're just gonna like, you know, we, we all recognize like, hey, this is this is what's at stake. So, you know, we, we share a lot of back and forth to be like, hey, this is what I'm doing to be successful. And, you know, being able to learn different ways to do different things, whether it's class presentations, um, social media presentations, the future soldier referral program. Uh, that's a big one where we tap into like our internal network of, you know, from service members that are already in and they provide referrals. That's, that's one of the big driving uh, forces right now. And they actually, you know, get like promotion points so they can get promoted in rank, uh, through that program. So utilizing all of the networks, internal and external, it's, it's all, you know, kind of brings it all together.
2: Hey, since you got the mics on Burroughs, uh, I want to give you an opportunity. So I know you've sat down with a lot of, a lot of, uh, applicants, uh, wanting to join the military and you've sat around with a bunch of, uh, parents also, what are some common questions they ask you, uh, fears, worries, questions that they have, um, that maybe you can reach a large audience right now and answer some of those questions. What are parents concerned about? What are applicants concerned about and how do you answer those questions in, uh, and, and help them decide that the military is the right path for them? So one of the common things is I the perception, uh, you know, they see a person in
1: uniform, uh, they associate with whatever may be going on within the world or whatever they saw in the movie. And they assume that every person in uniform, um, you know, is essentially like we're going to say a warfighter. Um, uh, so for me, it's taking that time to, to educate that person that say, Hey, you know, we have a 150 different, opportunities on active duty, 120 different opportunities, you know, in the Army Reserve. And you know, we all don't do the same thing. And that's also like educating the parents as well, because the parents, you know, may sometimes may not know that. Or if you're talking about like the benefits, it's like, hey, you do know that the Army can, you know, pay for your way through college and we offer 30 days paid leave and, uh, you know, annually. And, you know, all of these different uh, benefits and opportunities to medical care, dental care, uh, worldwide travel. All of these different things, you have a lot of family members or even students that don't know all of these things. So just to try to put it out um, Mm. or the fact that, you know, the Army itself is uh, one of the only branches that allows the applicant during the enlistment process to select their job uh, is is a very big thing. You know, for me, if I was, you know, private boroughs or applicant boroughs coming in, uh, I would want to know what it is that I'm going to do before I sign up for it. Uh, and how long i'm gonna do it and possibly where i'm gonna do it and any incentives that come with it, you know and the army is the perfect choice compared to you know our competitors uh you know we offer that information up front so those are just some of the key things that that I highlight uh on and definitely our uh what is it the the promotion program as well so for instance if if you had a, a high school uh junior senior let's just say high school senior and they had Two years of ROTC, you know, they could be promoted to an E two. If you had three to four years of JROTC, they could be promoted to an E three. Obviously, if a person has a four year degree, they could uh, come in as a specialist, or they can, you know, possibly take the officer route uh, upon selection. So. All of these things was just a constant reminder of what we have to offer.
2: You know, I'll tell you when I when when I joined, I was looking to to I was looking at you know the benefits and everything because I had a newborn baby, so I was looking at stability for my life and uh, wanting to be part of a, a you know brotherhood, a family. So it was a pretty easy decision for me. I think I was a, a recruiter's dream. I walked right in and said, "Sign me up." Uh, but uh, some people that have the questions or reservations, I think it's important that for everybody that wears a uniform, when they have interaction with the uh, the parents to kind of share your army story, tell, you know, the good and the bad, not everything's, not everything's great. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I think our organization is, is phenomenal.
0: So I guess with the, uh, this opportunity that you have here to reach a bigger audience, uh, the NCO Corps, what would you say, how, how can the NCO Corps help you help recruiting efforts out there? Like what, what would, what advice would you give them? Uh,
1: Well, one, um, well, there's, there's, there's two. So I, previously I mentioned the, um, you know, the, the future soldier, or well, the Army's referral program. So you know, since you know we are you know working hard to to meet our total enlistments uh, annually, I would say you know if you're if you're a service member and you know they you know you may know somebody back in your hometown or wherever it may be or just close to your current base, uh, definitely contact the recruiter or first you know try to contact that individual. Be like, hey, I have a referral. You know, there's even a link uh, that they can find uh, you know through the Army websites and provide that information to. To provide you know that that person to communicate with the recruiter um to essentially you know kind of build uh more of the force uh per se, so there's that, and then the other thing, so is you know right now um recruiting command as a whole, I believe that they're uh currently looking for about 800, 800 new uh qualified motivated. And I say motivated because, you know, you have to be motivated to do this job, right? Um, you have to come in and, you know, willing to, to change somebody's life, willing to make a positive impact. Uh, and I think that's that's part of what drives success. Uh, it's, it's also based off of that personal that who that person is, per se. So, you know, if you can't come in and, you know, not be driven or, you know, not be motivated or not willing to do X, Y, Z. Like, hey, come in, understand the importance of your job the impact of your job, and how you can contribute to the success of someone else by paying it
2: it. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that, Sarnborough. So you're right. I think uh, they're, they are looking for between six to 800 new recruiters and they're, they're a big push for them. And some of them are getting uh, uh, their orders uh, notification right now. Uh, what do you tell those guys? How do you get them excited about their job? I know you're saying they have to come in motivated and want to do a job. Some of them are excited about it already as soon as they came out on orders. Some of them didn't quite... Uh, Want the assignment that they got, but they're going to go be a recruiter. So how do you how do you tell them it's you know not only going to be okay, but it's going to be one of the most rewarding assignments of their career? Indeed, I you know I feel like as as a leader,
1: like uh, one of the main things that we have to do is to be able to adapt, because um, you know and, and you know being able to adapt as a leader, I feel like that's one of the most critical tasks throughout anybody's military career. Things are always going to change. So you know if I was if I was that NCO, and, and next thing you know, bam, I came down on, on recruiting orders or I volunteered for it. I would say, you know, keep, keep an open mind. Um, definitely come in and, you know, understand the importance, because I believe the way it is now, if a person is uh, a Sergeant E-5, upon graduating the, the art course, they'll be promoted to a Staff Sergeant. And for a Staff Sergeant uh, who's currently serving as a DA-selected recruiter, if they uh, enlist uh, 24 uh well, have they have 24 enlistments within a within a 12 month period, I believe they get to promote it to sign first class. So, you know, it could be that that one thing that 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 can set your career off. Um, you know, when I came into recruiting, I was DA selected. So, you know, I, I was actually happy for the opportunity. I was like, man, I get to get out here and interact with the community. I didn't see it as as a negative thing. Uh for me, I was just I was like, you know what, I'm about to do put my best foot forward and get out here and interact and, and change lives. Um, so that was one of the main things that I stayed with and continue to stay with.
0: Kind of switching things back to one of the things that we, that can, kind of came up, uh, earlier about the, some of the struggles that the army's having with, uh, with recruiting from your perspective, can you, can you talk about that? You know, as far as, uh, how the army, you know, having difficulty meeting, meeting its mission, how is that affecting you and maybe some of your friends out there in recruiting and, you know, as recruiters?
1: I would say, you know, I say that it affects everybody in a different way. Um, but like I tell anyone, you know, I, I believe that there's there's no obviously there's no I in team. Uh in order to be successful in recruiting, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like the whole team has to contribute. So now if you if you have like an office, I don't know, have three or four people and only, you know, one or two of those individuals or the person that's putting in that effort then that could create, you know, like other stress within the office uh, if one person or two people is doing all the work. Um, and at the same time, so, but from what I've seen in recruiting, recruiting is more successful uh, when everyone kind of does their part. Everyone contributes to the overall mission. So, you talk talking about everybody getting out there, being in the community, being involved, contacting people, following up with people, having social media interactions, um, you know, just trying to find different and unique ways to to interact with people, uh, it's it's more effective if you had everyone contributing their part. And I'm not saying like everybody has to to be at a you know a hundred percent. You know, that, in a perfect world, that'll be the case. But if everybody came out there and put more than say more than sixty percent uh, effort, I feel like definitely we would we would definitely be where we are. But you know, it's just a matter of taking the time to to make sure that we're all on the same page.
0: Uh, as I said before, I spent three years back in 20 something years ago. Uh, some of those people that I recruited i I'm still in touch with, you know, I, I, I occasional emails, that kind of thing. But I, I uh, it's amazing the kind of impact that you have on another person's life and how it becomes a lifelong thing for some of them, for some of us. Because if you stay involved as a recruiter, uh, in their career, and and I mean, it, it doesn't always just end right after you put them in, as as we called it back then. We put them in boots, you know. Once we put them in boots, the 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 process goes on because they're not. You don't just forget about them and move on. It's they, they become just like you said. You you don't have any kids, but uh, in a way, you can almost claim the, these these kids you're putting in the army are your kids because uh, that's kind of yeah, the way I sure. saw mine too.
1: Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing. Like, um, it it for, for me, it doesn't end with you know the enlistment process, and you know, like Sergeant Porter says, like you know, they come back to the to the community, and they're like, hey, are you doing X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, yeah, like let's let's get after it. Um, and you know, I've I've had you know recently within the let's see doing this for four years. Recently, uh, I had a few of the 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 PV twos that I that I enlisted recently uh, achieved the rank of you know being uh knock, mission officers. So, you know, watching them, like, take that, that next level for me was just like, man, like, it, it meant the world. And, you know, having a few of them to be like, hey, you know, would you mind being my mentor? And a few of them, you know, getting married and they're like, hey, would you like to come to my wedding? And I'm like, I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is kind of crazy because, you know, it's, it's not a cut and dry process. You, you change somebody's life. It's not like, oh, hey, thank you. Goodbye. Like, that's not, it. at least not like that for me. Um, I like to, to still be professional, uh, but very intrapersonal because, you know, for me, it's, it's meaningful as to how we connected, uh, how we, you know, we, we grew to know each other. Yes. You know, you did join the army, but it's a lifelong friendship, uh, or, you know, just a lifelong communication, you know, throughout the process.
2: I think that's awesome. Sergeant Burroughs. I didn't, I didn't do the math, but you're right. Four years. These guys are starting to, starting to get promoted to sergeant and, uh, you know, some of the fast trackers maybe by the time you're done, they will be, uh, staff sergeants, that's got to be a great feeling being able to see them uh, achieve success in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, That's got to be another uh, pro for being a recruiter, getting to see that uh, impact that you have and seeing people do well um, and promote and, you know, re-enlist at this point. You know, there's people that signed three-year enlistments that are re-enlisting, so I think that's that's great, and that's got to be giving recruiters job satisfaction, so I'm glad you shared that story with us.
1: And no problem, strong Major. Yeah, definitely definitely a highlight when it happened.
2: Off of recruiting topic, I'm going to ask this question, Chago. Um, Because you've been successful in your Sergeant First Class and Recruiter of the Year. What would present-day you give newly promoted Sergeant Burroughs back in the day. Like if if you could give advice to yourself as a brand new Sergeant E five, which is your population of the people you put in your first couple months in recruiting, what advice do you give that that population?
1: Take advantage of every opportunity uh that's presented to you. Um, regardless of if you feel like, you know, you're you're up for the challenge, if you feel like, you know, you don't have like, you know, any knowledge and or things like that. Cause, you know, I reference my interaction with you, use so army. So, you know, the thing is it's know you're the thing is as 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 leaders or as a senior leader most like a senior leader is going to see the potential in a junior leader even though they don't see it in themselves so um so you know so when an opportunity presents itself as a junior leader you know that junior leader may be thinking like oh man i don't know if i can handle this i'm not sure if i'm ready for this but the thing is whoever presented that opportunity saw that potential in that person so if i was that person having you know, opportunities presented to me, I'll take every opportunity that is handed to me because, one, somebody sees potential in you, maybe they're trying to mentor you and coach you to get to that next level, um, and you know things like that. So that, so that'll definitely be one. Uh, next thing I would say is, uh, don't overthink. You know, a lot of a lot of it's like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if I I'm ready for this. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Truth is, I don't think that there's anything in life that any one person will ever be truly ready for. You know, if we're talking uh military career experiences, maybe even you know to go off topic, maybe like marriage or something like that these are things that you you kind of just jump into and you you make it work at, over a period of time so don't overthink yourself and the other thing too is is I had to learn to uh ask for help so i i wasn't I would not be currently where I am as a senior leader or even as the 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 recruiter of the year uh if I didn't you know learn to 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 ask for help. Because I don't know everything, I feel like there's a lot of leaders who don't know everything. But there's also, you know, having that pride as maybe even as a senior leader or as a junior leader, it's like you know, there's things that we're not sure about, there's things that we're not trained on, or there's things that we don't even have certain experiences with, and it's and it's like our pride will sit there and be like, okay, you know what? Let me let me figure this out on my own. But maybe figuring it out on your own may not be always correct, and you could do it a lot better if you ask somebody for help. Um, so for me. Definitely be ask somebody for help. And the next thing will be, um, you know, the road isn't going to be perfect to success. Um, You know, everybody has to, quote unquote, take a few L's in the process. Right. Um, Not everything is going to be a win. So, you know, use the setbacks as a way to overcome and get to your next goal. So that would be the advice that I would give to to younger version of Sarn Bros or just that younger NCO in general.
2: I think that's great advice. All all those are spot on. I think those are great. People should take that perspective with, uh, with opportunities given to them.
1: Um, and you know, the, cause my whole thing is, I know that you asked about, um, you know, kind of what took, well, kind of what led for me getting to this, to this in my process. And as I was mentioning, um, you know, like senior leaders seeing the potential. So when I first came to, to use, it was always a personal goal of mine to attend, uh, a board, but the thing is, I was so busy and you know trying to to make sure that I'm I'm reading I'm meeting the day to day mission. But you know, I did express to my higher command, in this case, it would be my battalion sergeant major. I was like, hey, one of my goals is to to attend the board. Like, it was just to attend the board and get the experience and see how it works. It wasn't never to to make it this high, um, but you know, I, at some point, you know, he was like, you know, he reached out. He was like, hey, you know, how's everything going and things like that um, you know, just to do like a, you know, like a checkup. And then he was like, Hey, you're going to the board. And, you know, it wasn't a matter of saying, Hey, are you ready? Uh, are you prepared? Have you been studying? He was like, Hey, no, you're going to the board. And my response was Roger, Sergeant Major. So, you know, if it wasn't for my Sergeant Major saying, Hey, you're going to that board. And then from there, me kind of diverting, um, my priorities of still being able to recruit and then being able to prepare for this board. Obviously, we're talking four boards later. I wouldn't be where I currently am now if it wasn't for those words or that direct statement of him saying, hey, you're going to the board. So I just want to say, you know, shout out to my Sergeant Major, my battalion Sergeant Major. Uh,
0: really appreciate you taking the time to join us, to give us uh, so much and, and uh, give the Army so much uh, with your words and your input. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for more interesting guests and inspiring conversations right here at the NCO Journal. Submit your articles, get published. Don't forget to visit our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time on the Sergeant's Time Podcast.